Welcome to Bible Curious, a fresh look at an ancient text, where we explore the entire Bible from cover to cover, asking ourselves, what is the Holy Bible and where did it come from? What claims does it make about God and who is this character God anyway? What message might this God have left for us today? Whether you are faithful or unfaithful, believing, unbelieving, or just plain curious, this series is for you. I'm Arthur Milliken, and today we will be reading Matthew chapters 7 through 9 from the World English Bible. You can find our reading plan at biblecurious.org forward slash plan. The Gospel According to Matthew Chapter 7 Introduction This is the third and final chapter of the Sermon on the Mount, which in the Gospel of Matthew sets the tone for Jesus' ministry as he begins preaching to the people of Galilee. After delivering basic principles for building a relationship with the Father, Jesus builds upon these ideas by drawing distinctions between genuine and superficial followers of God. This chapter includes judging others, ask, seek, knock, the narrow gate, a tree and its fruit, the house on the rock, the authority of Jesus. Chapter 7. Don't judge so that you won't be judged. For with whatever judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with whatever measure you measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but don't consider the beam that is in your own eye? Or how will you tell your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye? And behold, the beam is in your own eye, you hypocrite. First remove the beam out of your own eye, and then you can see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. Neither throw your pearls before the pigs, lest perhaps they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, it will be opened. Or who is there among you who, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, who will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you desire for men to do to you, you shall also do to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter in by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter in by it. How narrow is the gate, and the way is restricted that leads to life. There are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves. By their fruits you will know them. Do you gather grapes from thorns, or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree produces good fruit but the corrupt tree produces evil fruit. A good tree can't produce evil fruit, 
Neither can a corrupt tree produce good fruit. Every tree that doesn't grow good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will tell me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? In your name cast out demons, and in your name do many mighty works? Then I will tell them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work iniquity. Everyone, therefore, who hears these words of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it didn't fall for it was founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and its fall was great. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the multitudes were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them with authority and not like the scribes. At a basic level, Jesus warns his followers in this chapter that they need to rise above the desire to impress others with their righteousness or holiness. God will hold you to the highest standard, and it is the content of your heart which determines your status with God. Look to your own spiritual condition before judging others. Ask the Father for what you need. Seek the narrow gate. Look at the fruit rather than the tree and make sure to build your spiritual house on solid ground. This speech is definitely worth careful study because Jesus teaches on many different levels and the way that it is written offers clues about how to approach the text. For example, notice the repetition of the words speck, beam, and eye in the following passage. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but fail to notice the beam in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, while there is still a beam in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take the beam out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. The analogy seems simple enough, even if it's a bit awkward to think of someone with a beam in their eye. So why does Jesus repeat the phrase, beam in your own eye, three separate times? The clue comes from the following verse. Do not give dogs what is holy. Do not throw your pearls before swine. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. This verse seems to be saying that you shouldn't offer holy teaching and pearls of wisdom to unworthy people, dogs and pigs. But what it's really saying is that if you're looking at your fellow human beings as dogs or pigs, then you are the one with the problem. You are using your holier-than-thou attitude as a beam or a stick to beat your brothers and sisters with, and that is the beam in your eye that Jesus is talking about. The eye, of course, is the inner eye of your imagination and represents how you interpret the world around you. 
Here's the key to understanding the deeper meaning behind Jesus' teachings. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Becoming a disciple of Jesus is an interactive process. It is up to you to examine your own spiritual state and then to ask God for help. The Gospel According to Matthew, Chapter 8, Introduction After completing the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus leads his followers to various locations around the Sea of Galilee, performing a number of miraculous healings. This chapter includes The Leper's Prayer The Faith of the Centurion Jesus heals at Peter's house. The cost of discipleship. Jesus calms the storm. The demons and the pigs. Chapter 8 When he came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Behold, a leper came to him and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you want to, you can make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I want to be made clean. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus said to him, See that you tell nobody, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When he came into Capernaum, a centurion came to him, asking him for help, saying, Lord, my servant lies in the house paralyzed, grievously tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having under myself soldiers. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and tell another, come, and he comes, and tell my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. And said to those who followed, Most certainly, I tell you, I haven't found so great a faith, not even in Israel. I tell you that many will come from the east and the west and will sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom will be thrown out into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way. Let it be done for you. As you have believed, his servant was healed in that hour. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. So she got up and served him. When evening came, they brought to him many possessed with demons. He cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken through Isaiah the prophet, saying, He took our infirmities and bore our diseases. Now, when Jesus saw great multitudes around him, he gave the order to depart to the other side. A scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes and the birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of his disciples said to him, 
Lord, allow me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. When he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. Behold, a violent storm came up on the sea, so much that the boat was covered with waves, but he was asleep. The disciples came to him and woke him up, saying, Save us, Lord, we are dying. He said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he got up, rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. The men marveled, saying, What kind of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? When he came to the other side, into the country of the Gergesenes, two people possessed by demons met him there, coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce, so that nobody could pass that way. Behold, they cried out, saying, What do we have to do with you, Jesus, Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now there was a herd of many pigs feeding far away from them. The demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of pigs. He said to them, Go. They came out and went into the herd of pigs, and behold, the whole herd of pigs rushed down the cliff into the sea and died in the water. Those who fed them fled and went away into the city and told everything, including what happened to those who were possessed with demons. Behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus. When they saw him, they begged that he would depart from their borders. This chapter reveals something important about the source of Jesus' miraculous power, which is illustrated most clearly through the words of the Roman centurion. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having under myself soldiers. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and tell another, come, and he comes, and tell my servant, do this, and he does it. It is the combination of authority and obedience which makes Jesus' miracles possible. At no point does Jesus ever heal someone against their consent. They must always be willing participants in the healing. And this willing participation, Jesus calls faith. What's remarkable is that this faith extends to demons pigs, even natural phenomena like the sea and the wind. The message is that if you're willing to participate, you can be a part of this story too. When one disciple asks Jesus to wait for him to go bury his father, Jesus replies, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. Virtually every New Testament author echoes this trend of redefining the meaning of the words alive and dead. It is not the body which is alive or dead, but rather the spirit. And this new definition is rather simple. Those who believe in and follow Jesus are alive, and those who don't, aren't. The Gospel According to Matthew, Chapter 9, Introduction 
Jesus completes his first tour around the Sea of Galilee and returns to his home base of Capernaum. It is here that we are finally introduced to the author of this gospel, a Jewish tax collector working for the Roman authorities named Matthew. This chapter includes Jesus heals a paralytic, Jesus calls Matthew, questions about fasting, the patches and the wineskins, the healing touch of Jesus, Jesus heals the blind and mute, the Lord of the harvest. Chapter 9 He entered into a boat and crossed over and came into his own city. Behold, they brought to him a man who was paralyzed, lying on a bed. Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, cheer up. Your sins are forgiven you. Behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man blasphemes. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, then he said to the paralytic, Get up, and take up your mat, and go to your house. He arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, who had been given such authority to men. As Jesus passed by from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax collection office. He said to him, Follow me. He got up and followed him. As he sat in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are healthy have no need for a physician, but those who are sick do. But you, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then John's disciples came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't fast? Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch would tear away from the garment, and a worse hole is made. Neither do people put new wine into old wineskins, or else the skins would burst, and the wine be spilled, and the skins ruined. No, they put new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. While he told these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. Jesus got up and followed him, as did his disciples. Behold, a woman who had a discharge of blood for twelve years came behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, for she said within herself, If I just touch his garment, I will be made well. But Jesus, turning around and seeing her, said, Daughter, cheer up. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. When Jesus came into the ruler's house, 
and saw the flute players and the crowd in noisy disorder, he said to them, Make room, because the girl isn't dead, but sleeping. They were ridiculing him. But when the crowd was sent out, he entered in, took her by the hand, and the girl arose. The report of this went out into all the land. As Jesus passed by from there, two blind men followed him, calling out and saying, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They told him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. Then their eyes were opened. Jesus strictly commanded them, saying, See that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread abroad his fame in all the land. As they went out, behold, a mute man who was demon-possessed was brought to him. When the demon was cast out, the mute man spoke. The multitudes marveled, saying, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, By the prince of demons, he casts out demons. Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were harassed and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest indeed is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, that the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers into his harvest. This is the first of many times in the New Testament where preaching the gospel is likened to harvesting a crop. The idea is that it is not an act of persuasion which brings people to Jesus, but rather recognizing who is ready to repent and be saved and simply offering them the opportunity to do so. With that is also the recognition that there will always be those who are not ready to repent and not ready to receive salvation. When Jesus tells the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, this angers some of the scribes who understood from Jewish law that sins could only be forgiven by God through blood sacrifice at the Jerusalem temple. Jesus and his followers are also criticized for not fasting, and when Jesus cures a mute man by casting out a demon, the Pharisees accuse him by saying, by the prince of demons, he casts out demons. This phenomenon of demon possession is quite common throughout the Gospels, but very little is said about it elsewhere in the Bible. Clearly, Jesus demonstrates the ability to restore soundness of mind to the demon-possessed, and the incident of casting demons into the bodies of pigs in the previous chapter strongly suggests that demons have an existence independent of human psychology. However, the prophets of the Old Testament emphatically state again and again that Yahweh is the only God who has any intelligence, personality, or agency at all, and that all others are merely idols made out of wood and stone, 
inanimate objects with no power whatsoever. So where does that leave these so-called demons? I honestly don't know. Could it be that those pigs were already spooked and might the two demoniacs have suspected subconsciously that they were about to do something unexpected? I honestly don't know. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done as in heaven, so on earth. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the power and the kingdom and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you've satisfied any of your Bible curiosity, please rate this series. If you have feedback, write a review. And if you are still curious for more, please subscribe so that we can send you timely updates. And join us for our next episode where we will be reading Matthew chapters 10 and 11, where Jesus names his 12 apostles and offers rest for the weary. This is Arthur Milliken saying, Good night and God bless.